Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Total Education Show, the talk shop for teachers, parents, and administrators. Here's your host of the show, Neil Haley, the Total Tutor. We're back to the Total Celebrity Show on the Total Education Network. Again, TotalTutor.net for more information. Twitter, Total Tutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Tutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, and Google Plus, Neil Haley. And uh, my voice is starting to feel better after I thought, oh, no, I'm going to get sick again and uh, lose my voice like I do twice a year. But it continues to be interesting and some interesting celebs today. So I'm excited to welcome the program from Nickelodeon every which way. Uh, Paris Smith. Paris, thanks for calling. And how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and I know you're in Florida right now and, uh, and, and having a blast. Thanks for taking the time uh, filming the fourth season. I'm sure you're enthused about another year of the show, right, for sure. Yeah, I'm so excited about this season. This season's going to be so much fun, and unfortunately it is going to be our last season, but, you know, we had a really good run with it, and all my cast members and I were like a huge big family, and we're so glad. We were so happy when we found out we're going to be coming back to Florida to film. So you got the fourth season, and you never know where that goes next. That's another opportunity for you. You're getting out there uh, throughout in your career, and people are seeing things for sure. Tell us specifically um, your character on Every Which Way. Tell us about that for our listeners that might not know your character. Well, I play Maddie Van Pelt, who is the most popular girl in school. She's a fashionista. She loves to rule the world, basically. She has witch powers, and when she found out she had witch powers, she kind of, she didn't know what to do with them at first. She was kind of communicating with them, and she was casting all sorts of spells, and it was very messy on set with all the effects. And in season two, she found out that her mom took her from her, so she was really devastated, and her best friend, the characters, lied to her about it, and She's really devastated, and she kind of had an emotional breakdown, which was such a fun film. And then in season three, she got them back, and she got a boyfriend, Diego, and he's really helped with Maddie showing her vulnerable side. She's still sassy and fun-loving, but, you know, she's a lot nicer to Emma, who is her frenemy, as we like to call her. And she's a lot nicer to Andy and Daniel, who are her other frenemies, and Daniel's her ex-boyfriend. So there's a lot of relationships on the show, and there's a lot of packets. What's interesting, uh, Paris, and you talk about this is the growth of your character from the first season, the, the second season, all the way to the fourth, coming into the fourth, that you kind of grown as a character growing up, but also making better decisions than you first did as, as this character, it sounds like, right? Yeah. Um, playing Maddie's definitely been a challenge. Um, but in a good way, though. She said, um, the writers definitely put scenes in there that definitely challenged me as an actress to kind of portray the role of Maddie with whether it be crying or being really angry or being really comedic, you know. There's all sorts of ways that Maddie goes. 
and her team, but, you know, it's been really fun to play her. Uh, definitely, and I, I'm sure. And and the more and more you get, the, every year you uh, film the show, you're lear- you learn so much more about. Uh, you get so much more experience, don't you? Being on the set with uh, such talented actors and actresses, and 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 the ca- and working with Nickelodeon, that must be amazing for your career, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm so grateful and thankful to Nickelodeon for giving me the opportunity to do what I love and. You know, I think that's the most important thing. I think when you live life, I think you just have to do what you love, and that's the most important thing for me, at least. And, you know, I started with this show in season one when I was 12 years old, and now through four seasons, I'm now 15 years old. So I've kind of grown up with the cast, and kind of, it's kind of seen me evolve as a teenager. So uh, it's definitely been a little awkward and uh, kind of weird seeing myself grow through the season. On TV. How's that feel? How's that feel, Paris, when you watch yourself on TV and see yourself grow from uh, what you looked like on television to now and say, oh my gosh, that's the same person, right? Yeah. Um, I'll look back at pictures that I get on my Instagram of Pagnian, and it'll be like when I was 12 in season one, I'm like, oh my gosh, is that really me? Um, At first, when I saw myself on TV, it was so surreal. I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, this is really happening. And when I was younger, I used to watch Nickelodeon and be like, oh, my gosh, I want to do that so bad. You know, I've always looked up to all these supermodels, you know, just like my idols. And now I'm on the same network as they were on. So it's kind of very surreal and, you know, definitely hasn't hit me yet, that's for sure. Well, I'm sure it hasn't. And 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 have the run for four years is fantastic. And to know you got the one more year uh, to do the promotion, and I'm sure you've learned the whole uh, promotion end of things as well. Getting this uh, role uh, more and more, you've gotten to connect with your fans in the last four years for sure, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely love interacting with my fans, and I think social media has become such a popular thing now. Days. I mean, back then, you know, they didn't really have social media, so it was kind of harder for me to contact, like, my supermodels and stuff like that and, like, idols that I adore. But nowadays, I think social media is such an impactful thing, especially for me. I love waking up seeing all of, like, my fans' Twitter comments and Instagram posts, and I just... I think my fans are so sweet, and you guys are the best fans in the universe for sure, and I would not be where I am without you guys. So I definitely love and appreciate all of your support, not only for the show, but for me as well. And, you know, I just love that they're so supportive, and I'm so blessed, and I want to thank God for giving me the opportunity to do what I love and thanking my fans for just being there for me every step of the way. So that was interesting, Paris, when you first started out at 12 years old and, and now you have notoriety. How did you handle that? I mean, because it looks like now you've really matured to understand how important your fans are to you and portraying yourself in that same way. But at 12, that's a challenge, right, isn't it, for sure, to understand, hey, I'm thrown in the limelight now. How am I going to respond? Yeah, like I definitely... I had no idea what I was doing at 12 years old. I, with, especially with social media, I, I remember I started out with like 300 followers, and you know, it was whole, the whole news at the whole social media thing when I was 12. And now it's kind of progressed. Now I'm kind of, you know, getting better at it. You know, um, and you know, I just think that that I, I just love my fans all the time, and I, I. 
I get fan mail from, like, people anywhere from ages 6 to, like, 17 or even older and all over the world. And I just think that getting fan mail from India or Europe or Paris, you know, or Russia, I think it's just such an impactful thing. And I'm, I definitely love helping fans through a hard time. So I get people saying, oh, I'm, such, I'm going through a hard time and your character on the show has really helped me. I just think that's so impactful. Now, always our fa- uh, listeners always want to know the Paris behind, not during uh, with social media as the celebrity, but the one that has to go to school, either being homeschooled or or attending a, a high school and all that stuff. Tell us specifically where you go to school or your homeschooled throughout all your uh, acting days, and how do you keep up your studies to see that education is important, especially uh, coming closer to closer to college for sure, Paris. Yeah, I definitely, it, I'm, I'm going to go to college. I plan on going to college. That's, school academically is just such, it's just as important to me as, as acting is. And I think that, you know, your education, um, it's everything. And um, I really, I'm homeschooled right now. I used to go to regular private school, but I switched to homeschool when I got into the acting just because it was easier and more flexible with my schedule. Right. Um it definitely can get hard sometimes when you're filming and then you have to go back to school. And, you know, definitely balancing acting in school has been a challenge. But over the years, I've kind of learned to overcome it. And I believe that everybody has a different path. So the way I do school and the way that I film my schedule is not the way that another person's filming schedule is going to be. So I think that everybody has their own path. And I definitely plan on going to college in the future. That's really good. So how do you, and honestly, people say, oh, homeschool, it's much easier, Paris. But there's really a lot more work involved, isn't there? Because you, you, everything, because it's not like you're sitting and listening to a teacher talk for 40 minutes. It's up to you to get the work done, create a product to show that you can progress individually. And that's a challenge. That's not the easiest thing, especially working sometimes on the set 12, 14 hour days, right? It's a long day sometimes, right? Yeah, especially nowadays, you know, with the cast members, like a lot of them are over 18 now, so they're definitely trying to get me to work as many hours as I can. And, you know, I think that it's, I, I, I love what I do, so I don't care how many hours I work. I, I just do it for the acting part of it. But, you know, I think that, that um, I just really am blessed and honored to be, you know, it's a hard worker, and it is definitely a lot of hard work that you have to put into it. But if it is, if you're doing what you love, I think that no matter how much hard work you put into it, you always have to do what you love. So, what's your favorite subject? I know our listeners out there definitely want to know that as well. I'm sure your fans. What's your favorite subject in school? Um, well, one of my favorite subjects subjects is when I when I was in kindergarten, I figured, well, my name's Paris, so I might as well take French class. And, you know, I actually have a really custom to it, and I really love it. So French is one of my favorite subjects. And I also like history a lot. I think learning about history, I think learning about the past and what has made, you know, everything how it is today, I think that's really important, too. Um, so, yeah, definitely French and history are my favorite subjects. Any other projects going on, Paris, you can tell us about uh, going on right now, or is it just pretty much uh, filming season four right now? Um, it's pretty much filming season four. I um, season four is airing July sixth at seven p.m. on Nickelodeon. So be sure to catch that. 
And um, if you want to see season three before season four starts, you can catch that on Team Nick right now, too, um, because season three is airing right now on Team Nick. And, you know, I'm just really excited and really pumped for this season four. It's going to be something you guys have never seen before, and everything you thought you knew just completely changed. Oh, wow. So the listeners and uh, your fans are excited about when season four debuts. Good talk, New Paris. Is there other places? Where can Thank we you find, so much. You're welcome. Where can we find information? Where's, what's your Twitter, Instagram, all the places people can follow you? Where can they go? Yeah, for sure. Um, my Twitter is Paris, S-Tweet, P-A-R-I-S, the letter S, and then Tweet. My Instagram is P-A-R-I-W-I-N-K-Y. All right, well, Paris, thanks for taking the time, especially with your busy schedule, to come on the show and learn about uh, your successful career so far and also uh, how you love to connect with your fans. I tell you, they definitely, I'm sure, are excited to know some of the amazing things you're doing, and they're going to be rooting you on through Season 4 and be surprised, I'm sure, with some of the developments. So thanks again for calling. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. All right, see you later. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show. Again, go to my website, tolltutor.net, for more information. Twitter, tolltutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, tolltutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, and Google Plus, Neil Haley. And I'm excited uh, always when I get an opportunity to interview a uh, WWF and WWE star and tough him up, but all these other things. And now he's doing some work with schools. So I'm excited to welcome the program, former Tough Enough champion and WWE star, Daniel Pewter. Daniel, how are you? And thanks for calling, man. I'm perfect, brother. How are you? Thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, fa- fantastic. It's great that you're on the program. I was doing some research on you, Daniel. I was a Tough Enough fan in a way. I don't know if I'd say a fan just because of former professional wrestler that I was, and I watched the show. But I had to go back and do some research on you to see the situation, I guess, that you're most famously known for with your wrestling Kurt Angle in a shoot fight. So uh, you were part of this whole MMA thing and stuff like that before you were a professional wrestler. Then you were in mixed. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I was uh, I was twenty and zero amateur and then uh, one and zero professional. So I, I was I was training from the age of sixteen years old for for mixed martial arts and and uh, and then uh, amateur wrestling. I started at twelve years old. Uh, so it was it was a good good run, good career, and uh, then I went into pro wrestling. Very interesting going into the whole pro wrestling thing, Daniel, and uh, the process of the tough enough. That's interesting. A lot of the people that you ran into, I might have ran into them in the business as well. So first, when you decided, hey, I'm going MMA to, to, to be a pro wrestler, what did people think of it that were in the MMA? Were they thinking, are you kidding, are you kidding me, Daniel? You're going to be part of that? You know, it's interesting because there's a lot of overlap in the, in the, you know, the different sports. Um, and I think a lot of MMA fighters, as kids, they watch pro wrestling. Um, so, you know, it was just it was just funny. Some some guys, you know, they they would they would be like, dude, what's going on here? And then other guys, you know, back in the day in Japan, a lot of the guys that were MMA fighters would actually do pro wrestling too. 
Really? Um, like uh, my old my old tag team partner Shinsuke Nakamura in uh, Japan, he uh, he did both. And, and and what's funny was is I got to wrestle with him. What was that about four years ago in Japan? Uh, we were tag okay. team partners, and he uh, he trained at my gym uh, when I was like 17, 18 years old with a, with one of my coaches, Brian Johnston, for a fight. So I knew him. 10 years before I actually got to tag team with them. So it's pretty amazing how, how it, it, you know, it, it, it works to hand in hand. I think a lot of people don't understand this is a question because I'm a former professional wrestler is that I, when I was in Germany, ended up having to shoot fight somebody because the person was not letting me get over in front of the crowd because it was his hometown in Germany. So I had to take him down, stretch him and put him down saying, are we ready to get started and all that stuff? Because you're not doing, you're blowing spots and stuff in the match. So a lot of times people don't understand, even in the WWE or pro wrestling, at times matches don't work out the way they have to work. And if you don't know how to, I guess, let's say the word stretch somebody and take them down, you could be embarrassed in a match, couldn't you? Correct. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that I was the toughest uh, in WWE, you know, but, but all together, you know, I mean, when I was there, yeah, there's some tough guys like Hardcore Holly who was coaching me, and, and he's mm -hmm. a great guy. And and there's you know Kurt Angle, and and these guys are really good. But there, there's a difference between being tough and technical. Right. And if you're a gold medalist, you know, yes. uh, and and I key lock you, and you don't see it coming, then you don't even know what it is. You don't know how to defend against it. It's all technique, right? I mean, yes. it doesn't matter exactly. how tough yeah. you are. I'm gonna snap your arm off. Right. The headbangers did that to me. I don't know, Daniel, if you knew, I'm six foot ten, what was 310 pounds back in the time, and I worked, the, they were the spiders in the Ozark Mountain Wrestling, and basically before they became the headbangers. And if I screwed up a spot or something happened, they would take me down, especially Chaz. He would not take, out, take anything. He was an amateur wrestler, and he, he put me in a, in a shoot hole and say, now let's get started. Let's, get, let's be real. And a lot of the guys down south, they would put people in shoots, especially the amateur wrestlers. So I think that people understand that you get in the professional wrestling ring. That's why you're saying there's this differences with MMA and that, except we know who's going to win in pro wrestling. But at times, it is not fake. You're getting beat up. You're getting hurt. And people really are not – you do things wrong, you're going to end up getting hurt in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know – yeah. With the pro wrestling, I actually got hurt more than than uh, MMA fighting. I, I never went to the hospital right. once in MMA. In, in pro wrestling, I I, uh, I went to the hospital a few times. And so, to be able to see the abuse you actually draw, like in practice, MMA fighting, mm -hmm. you get you get more abuse than actually in a fight because it's right. that more consistent. But by the time you're in a fight, you've already gotten beat up so much, and and it's that consistency of just getting pounded that your body's more used to it. Um, but in pro wrestling, same thing. It's it's abuse, but but it's more abuse. You're getting dropped. Um, you're getting people landing on you. You're, I mean, you're 200 and you know whatever pound person. Most of them are you know 200 yes. or over, and you're you're falling consistently on your back or on people. Yeah, like that's not normal. No, it's not normal. Or taking falls in the concrete, or going through a table, or taking chair shots to the head. All those different things. So. Can, and I, I know because of our audience specifically, and I saw the YouTube, I have to ask you a question about specifically telling us the story before the second segment. I promise you it's going to be all about uh, your nonprofit. But uh, 
the experience that is a YouTube sensation of you and Kurt Angle once you won Tough Enough and you had a shoot fight with Kurt. Can you kind of take us towards and tell us a little about that? Especially, I know I could show this to a lot of my wrestling friends because I can ask definitely the right questions in this process. Tell, take us through this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so you know, we, we started off, each individual segment on Tough Enough was completely different. Uh, some of them, they gave us a little bit of information and said, you have to dress this way, you got to do this, or, you know, whatever it was. And then, you know, they just, you know, threw us in situations. Uh, and, and it was great because it made that kind of stuff, reality makes good TV, yeah. um, you know, a lot of the time because people definitely, if you plan part of it, you know, scripted mm-hmm. reality, it's unbelievable. Um, so we ran sprints, then we ate pasta and drank milk, and then we ran more sprints. And yeah. um, then they said, time to go. And the music, our music goes on. So we walk out to the ring, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so they've been filming us all day running sprints, you know, eating food and running more sprints. What is going to go on here? So Kurt Angle comes out, and he, he does this challenge thing for us, and we do this up-down competition, and I'm doing them perfect. And... And then they, they kick everybody out except for myself and Chris Meraki, and they kick me out because the, the ref thinks that the blonde guy, uh, somebody told him to kick the blonde guy out, and we're both blonde, so he, he puts me out. And then Kurt wrestles Chris Meraki. Uh-huh. So it was just interesting, and, and he breaks a few of his ribs, and uh, it's just interesting to be able to see um, you know, how Kurt then, after he wrestles Chris, he looks at me and, and he goes, hey, you know, anybody else want to get in the ring with me? And I raise my hand and everybody else is like, oh, my gosh, dude, you're crazy. <laughs> and so, what, what you know, I mean, you can tell really the, the, the like, the, the spirit or how tough somebody is when somebody just gets whooped on by somebody and, and, you know, a bunch of people get an opportunity and they're like, heck, no, I do not want to look like it, you know. Right. And so I was like, I'm going in there. And, you know, I, I caught him in the corner. He, he was much stronger than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an Olympic gold medalist. Go figure, you right, know? exactly. And so, so you know, I caught him in the corner. You know, what I'm good at is I'm good at catching people, you know, and, and it's just uh, it's a chess game. Yes. And so I figured I, I didn't go in there with a game plan. I just said, hey, I'm going to go in there and wrestle him. I'll see how well I can do. But they the, the rules were no striking. Right. And so um, that was – that was the deal that the ref then when I was uh, on one of my shoulder blades um, saved Chris or saved uh, Kurt right. from, uh, from, from me snapping his arm off. And a few months ago, Kurt admitted to it, you know, about a year ago, uh, the ref admitted to it. So to be able to see, yeah. you know, 10 years later, right. You know, it's just funny that, that uh, we could have done a huge thing on that in WWE but they didn't understand or recognize that I actually caught him, which was which was crazy. This see this Daniel. If this was ten years later, think of CM Punk. Think of the smaller wrestlers now. They probably could have done this as an angle, ran a big deal for a long time. Money between you two, because the wrestling, Correct. the business has changed even more from then. That was still into the awe of big gigantic wrestlers to now where. You're seeing people that could be off the streets that look like they could be off the streets beat guys that look like they are, you know, completely gigantic. So that's interesting, the point, and then that they finally admit this in certain things. And who knows, Daniel, because I was also watching on YouTube that you're making a comeback into pro wrestling. When you, I've already known this in certain ways in pro wrestling. You never stop 
as a pro wrestler. I've made two comebacks after Germany, and uh, I'm 42 years old now, and who knows if I ever get back in the ring again, but it's in your blood. And if somebody said that there's a pro wrestling match right down the street right now, I'd be in the ring. That's the funny part about it, is it just stays in your blood for sure, Daniel. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, definitely. I agree. You know, it's, it's, I love the entertainment. I love the fans. Um, you build really good relationships with uh, some of the wrestlers, and, and you have a lot of fun. You know, you, you, you can make people really, uh, you know, really, you know, entertained and, and, and excited about life just because they look up to you. And, and that's really what we're working on with, with our aspect, My Life, My Power Entertainment, is, you know, really bringing in the, you know, some top athletes and entertainers to um, really be those role models for, for our future generation. That's fantastic. So when we get back, we're going to go more into that, Daniel. Uh, we're talking to Daniel Pewter, WWE MMA star, and uh, I think I didn't answer the question about the whole back in the ring thing, but maybe that has something to do with what your nonprofit is. So when we get back, you're watching the Neil Haley Show and listening to Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Neil Haley Show, second segment. Interesting uh, conversation with Daniel Pewter, WWE and MMA star uh, with his now his nonprofit organization, My Life, My Power. So, Daniel, again, we all look at different circumstances. Look at myself. Pro wrestler, went back, became a teacher, uh, then an entrepreneur, and then had my own radio and TV show that we kind of look at our experiences in wrestling and try to take those experiences to daily life, to, to, to bring the excitement, to bring different things. So tell me about why you started this nonprofit. Yeah, so we started the nonprofit about five years ago so that we could originally stop bullying. And then we went to drugs and gangs and this mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And, you know, in America, we're number one, for instance, in, in per capita for prisoners, right? Okay. And we have the largest military in the world. We, uh, we're number one pharmaceutical drugs, uh, and so you look at some of these things that we're number one in, and and you know we're we're also, um, I think it was like a hundred and we're above a hundred out of 150 countries in happiness, right? So so we're one of the, like the most drugged up, imprisoned, unhappy countries in the world. Oh and I'm like, gosh. how do we create more value and fulfillment, and 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 help our future generations love their life? Instead of committing suicide from being bullied, instead of right. going to drugs for a fast fix, right? How do we do this? And so what we did was we started going around to schools asking their biggest challenges. And, right. and we we had kids that said they were being raped and beat and, oh and homeless and, mm -hmm. you know, no food. And, and just like the, like America, this, this is America. Like, we're, you know, it's just incredible that, that a lot of these things can happen in our country. And so it's because we haven't, We've spent time on stuff instead of love. Okay. Like my parents wanted to give me more. Their parents wanted to give them more mm -hmm. stuff. And they thought about how do you build a bit better career? How do you get more educated? How do you do, you know, it's just about what what can you, how do you, how do you have a better retirement, right? right? And it's all focused about like long term, which is a great thing, but you got to enjoy the moment. You got to, you got to build community. You got to love each other for who you are. And so we created a peer mentorship curriculum that is evidence-based now 
We've been in 32 states and 10 countries. Wow. We're working with groups like the FBI, DEA, Homeland mm. Security, local law enforcement, working with the White House. We're working uh, – we just became right. a university college course really? starting in the fall at Nova Southeastern University. It is the first peer mentorship uh, university three-unit credit course, three-credit three credit course in the country. And so we're, we're working to not only work with the educators and law enforcement and parents to make – them understand how to help their kids create more value and fulfillment in their life, but we're also working with students in the schools consistently with a year-round program, um, which which most programs don't do. Right. So we not only educate and train the mentors, like I was just at a school today in Broward Broward School District uh, in Florida, and they said, hey, we started a mentor program, we're doing great, but we don't have a curriculum, and we've never trained our mentors. And so we specialize in training mentors. We specialize in, in then getting some of these high-energy kids that, you know, either are in juvenile hall or that, you know, have challenges, major challenges in their life. And we help these educators understand how to change their mindset. Um, and so we, we created this, and often we created the Miles Apart Entertainment because a lot of people go out and they ask for money as a nonprofit, and they say, hey, give me 10 bucks, give me 20 bucks. Well, 10, 20 bucks, you got a lot of people throwing in 10, 20 bucks, right. you, can, you can really do a lot. But these days, you know, a lot of people, um, they're going away from that model, and, and they're, it's more of the um, social entrepreneurship model. Right. So it's, it's how do you buy, like, a ticket to a pro wrestling event, and how does that support a kid for a year? Oh, that's interesting. So that's a really interesting thing, Daniel. What, are you trying to get me back in the ring? Just kidding, Daniel. Well, I'll come out and, uh, <laughs> and, and work you and put you over in some, one of your uh, towns. So basically adding this specific portion of this, Daniel, that, uh, that people buy a ticket to a pro wrestling event to help raise money for your organization is very interesting. So what are you doing in that way? Explain that to us. And what organization are you working with in that process to help raise that money? What, what, like what type of wrestling events? Yeah, so we're going to do four wrestling events. The first one is Houston, June 21st, this month, um, at the Pasadena Convention Center. And so we, uh, we just picked our, um, um, we, we basically put together a whole card. We've been working for the last three, four months on, on putting it together. The second event's going to be in L.A., it looks like, in September, and the third event's uh, in uh, South Florida. And uh, we're looking at a fourth event. Uh, I think it's going to be Arizona or Washington, D.C. It might be Mexico, too. But we're working on some different events. We're, we're bringing in local talent. And then we're going to fly a couple bigger names in each event. Um, my sponsor, one of our big national sponsors, is called ResetSupplement.com. Okay. And so every event, we just did a tag team challenge. And um, we're going to do a press release later today. Um, but we just picked... Uh, two, um, two, two guys. They're based actually in Florida, um, but they, it's just an amazing story on what they do and why they do it, why they wrestle, why they want to help kids, why they want to serve the community. You know, and so we're working a lot with, with, um, good talent. I, I don't care if you're the biggest guy, the buffest guy, the, right. you know, the, the, the best wrestler in the world. What I want is I want to help, uh, pro wrestlers. Right. And other athletes become, um, because a lot of guys don't get paid that much when they're on the indie scene. Right. So well, I know that be, for sure. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I'm going to be helping them um, understand how to build their brand 
build their social brand online, and then also build their fan base, and then take that and then use their speaking ability, and we're going to teach them how to speak more and, and work with them on that, and we're going to basically start booking them in schools um, to, to go to uh, assemblies across the country. That's great. That's a, such a great idea for sure. And uh, what big, so you're, so you're back, you're get back in the ring then. I saw that in the YouTube then, right? You're going to be wrestling yeah, yeah. as well. Yes, I will. I'm going to be a uh, main event with uh, Major Mark, and then it's a tag team challenge that we're going to announce later today. I'll actually send you the press release um, right when I send it out to our publicist. So. Well, fantastic. And so did you think when you were starting this uh, organization, this nonprofit, you were going to bring back wrestling again? No, 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 no. <laughs> you know what's funny is, you know, I, everything I do is for a purpose. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just don't wrestle to wrestle. I wrestle to make an impact. Uh, on our generations, you know, so, you know, anybody can do anything to, to just mm -hmm. do it, but I really want to see a result at the end of the day. And so that was one of the big things that I talked to my, my board about. And I talked to some of my advisors and mentors and I said, how do we, you know, what do you guys think about this? How do we rebuild America and, and get it to where it should be? You know? And, and they said, well, go back to wrestling. So I said, I love it. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. It's all. It always goes back to wrestling, Daniel. Don't it you understand that? Back. It doesn't it matter what we did all our lives. We're always the pro wrestler. I don't Correct. get that. I don't get it. It's. <laughs> I know. I know. That, that's it's the conversation. Up. That's the different thing. So the big events and the big venues you're working in, it's basically you're looking at is bringing talent that's going to put on a good show, but also a family-oriented show because of what the whole message is. Then, right? Correct. Correct, and that's a big thing that that we're kind of. Uh, playing down, you know, the, you know, a lot of different shows and, and on some of the TV shows, you know, it's a little more sexy and a little bit more violent. So we're going to tone that down just a little bit, but we're going to have great entertainment. These wrestlers that we're picking, we're handpicking them in different areas and each city has plenty of wrestlers. Um, but we're, we're handpicking them. We're working with different promoters um, and we're, we're having a lot of fun. So it's, it's going to be a great show June 21st at the Pasadena Convention Center. Fantastic. And so once you send me the press release, we'll know the different lineup. So are you partnering with any other big names, Daniel, in this, in this, in this, in these events, these four events? You, you know what? If I'm going to send you a whole list of wrestlers uh, that we're, that we're partnering with. We got some guys from uh, TNA. Uh, we got some, uh, couple ex WWE guys. So it's, it's pretty awesome to be able to see we're partnering with each event. We're partnering actually with different promoters in, in individual cities because I not only want to, it's not about us just creating something and trying to out-promote somebody else. It's us uh, working with local talent and helping those local pro wrestling companies get to that next level. You know, because if I can take five guys in each city and have them do 20, 30 assemblies a year, right. now they can make more money that they, than they ever have. They're going to make more money than they actually get paid to wrestle and, and they're going to they're gonna have a better life. They're going to work harder. They're going to be in the gym more because now they're actually doing more of what they love to do every day. And they're making a difference. When I got to doing autographs and different tours in Canada and Germany and working with the kids and doing the Polaroids and all that stuff, it was fantastic. And to be able to do those talks and teach them how to talk and about making the right choices in life and the right decisions is so key, Daniel, and developing and growing everything that you're doing for sure. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's you a know, great, one it's great thing, story. Yeah. One, what, yeah. And one other thing that, that I, I, I can just throw to you, we can give out 
um, a couple tickets. I'll put a couple names on a list. So if you have a couple people in Houston uh, that want to come to the event, I will uh, win the tickets however you want to do it. I'll give uh, you two tickets. So I was just thinking about, you know, people that are listening to this and they want to come out, um, you know, apply for it. All right. Well, fantastic. We'll definitely uh, stay in touch and figure out how the promotion. So the first and the next event is going to be, in, you said, in California or is it in Houston? Which one's the event in June? The first, first event is Houston uh, area Pasadena Convention Center, uh, June 21st. June 21st. Then you're going to be in California, you said, in September, correct? Yep. Yep. We're working on the dates right now. Because it airs different times. Like our television show will air at this time and then the radio show will air at this time, Daniel. So it was great talking to you. Where's the best place we can find information on you? Where can we go? Go to mylifemypower.org or go to mylifemypowerentertainment.org. Uh, or if you want to see about me personally, you go to danielpewter.com. It's funny how wrestling comes back to you. So you're like, uh -huh. you never thought you'd go back in the ring after you went on to a different career after your experiences in the WWE and then also working in some other indies. And then, bam, you're back again. So it's interesting. And But you're doing it to make a difference. That's the important thing. You're using your gifts and talents in the ring and promoting from learning from promoters and now promoting something that's going to help kids. And that's great. So thanks again for calling, Daniel. You got it. Have a great day. Thank All you right. very much. All right, all right, that was Daniel Pewter, and a uh, great show again, Neil Haley Show. Again, go to my website, tolltutor.net, for more information. Tour Toll Tutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook. LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Toll Tutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, and Google Plus, Neil Haley. And uh, we're going to continue to have great uh, guests and interviews on the Neil Haley Show. And uh, really liked our conversation with Daniel. You, you can hashtag Neil Haley Show live tweet all the different things. Should I go back to be a professional wrestler? I'll bring that out to you and see if that ever happens. If there's an event near me that will help raise money, you never know if I'll do that kind of PR. If Daniel could do it, I could do it. Well, Daniel's a little younger. But uh, good talk, you guys, and we'll talk next week. Good day, everyone. We're back to the Total Celebrity Show on the Total Education Network. Again, TotalTutor.net for more information. Twitter, TotalTutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook. LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, TotalTutor. Pinterest, Neil Haley. And Google Plus, Neil Haley. And I'm always excited to welcome the program two-time Pro Bowler from Davin's Dream Team, Davin Joseph. Davin, thanks for calling. And Davin, how are you, man? I'm doing pretty good, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great. And I tell you, during the off season is the time when it's really time to work really hard on the foundation, even though you do it 12 months a year. And I remember everyone saying when you're talking about a non-for-prof or a foundation, right. it's like running your own business. So tell us like right. how, like when you first got your feet wet in this to now and what you've learned for sure. Um. You know, you're going to go off those general rumors and myths about how nonprofits work. Everybody kind of says, oh, you know, you find a mission, and then you drop some grants and find you some sponsors, and you make it seem like it's so easy. Well, the truth is you got to have work done. you got to have experience. And so it's hard for startup nonprofits to last because 
of course, a lot of donors and grants and you know, organizations that are usually giving out grants or even the government, national, state, local uh, grants. They want, you know, data. You know, and so you don't even get data by actually doing work. And so I know it's one of the early challenges um, of starting a nonprofit is really find those individual donors that, that also believe in that cause. Do a lot of sports sponsorships and in-kind donations, not necessarily dollars, to help you along with admission. And so uh, the one thing that I definitely learned in the nonprofit world is all about relationships. Okay. It really is. It's about developing those relationships with donors, volunteers, uh, even the people that you serve, and uh, making sure that you're, you know, you get feedback to know what you need to do to make the organization to run the way that they want to, because of course the nonprofit is for the community. So, so very interesting. So, basically, what you're telling me is the when you first start a foundation, you need to have donors, and you have to create relationships in that community, and that means making phone calls, setting up meetings, doing all these different things. And when you first started this, Davin, was that different different for you, or do you think the way you Network your way in your football career is pretty much the same way you have to network in the nonprofit world. You know, one thing about football is that you don't realize how much networking really matters. And in the football world, everything's kind of already done for you. And so when you meet with coaches, you meet with uh, management or whatnot, those relationships are already kind of put in place. Okay. And um, we're not really taught to kind of develop those relationships. The coach, you know, relationships with coaches and other players, those are organic, natural. Um, but as far as going out and making sure that you know the restaurant's owner's name and that you build a relationship with that person because, of course, later on down the line, they may be, they may be able to help you, you know, even if it's for-profit or non-for-profit. So you, it was new to me. Long story short, it was new to me that those relationships really mattered. And so, of course, I'm a, a high and buy and a quick conversation kind of a guy. I'm not that great at, you know, stepping out and meeting people. And so it was new. And it was a new challenge, which, which is awesome, that um, networking and relationships is just uh, you know, it's an important part of business. And I think you're happy you're doing it now before, you know, life after football. So you're learning right. the, these skill sets now because you're right. I forgot. You have so many handlers involved in football. You're told when to be at a place and when to go somewhere. Coaches say, hey, this is your curfew. When you're on your own yeah. with your foundation or something and you got to set up a meeting, you have to be there on time. You have to be prepared. You have to have conversation and questions, and you have to learn how to uh, – find those donors as well. So there's so many different things involved in this for sure. And to get to put your face on this organization, meaning your tra- Davin's dream team for sure. Correct. And so, and it's been fun. I, I've gotten a lot of great people in the nonprofit world. That's not so great. And, uh, some people that of course keep their word and some people that don't quite practice that saying, uh, you know, they, and so doing that, you really learn, a lot about how you want to run your business and run your nonprofit by seeing and getting out there and attending different events. And you may fall in love with another nonprofit where you know, I've done that twice where I just get behind a foundation with my own personal funds that are outside of my network. And so uh, you really learn a lot of 
it helps you um, get that vision of how you want to how you want to have your own organization, and and uh, I think it's very important. It is very important. Well, I definitely think it's very important, and I think it's a skill set's necessary in life, Davin, that you're learning that you might have not been able to learn before football either. You might have learned it from your family, but now it's just like it's a different world. Every place you're a public figure, everywhere you go, and you're used to you know doing personal appearances, but now, hey, it's time to sit down. It's time to discuss things. It's time to learn about these people that might write the big checks or might be the ones that are helping promote or I need to get advertising for this event or I need to find sponsors for this event and meeting with corp- the corporate world. And there's a lot of work involved in it. And so that's why you have to have a great team and you have to become a leader. So that's the other thing. You have a great team around you too, right? You couldn't do this alone. Of course. Of course. And I think um, in the nonprofit world, even in the business world, it's about relationships. It's about surrounding yourself around people that are a lot smarter than you. And, and I've successfully done that already. Where it's you know I have the vision, but I have people that definitely know what they're doing and how to do it, how to leverage, how to build a relationship. Maybe you have different relationships and that believe in in the mission. And so, uh, whether it's business related, nonprofit, uh, or even if it's just a goal, uh, you've got to surround yourself with the right people to help yourself accomplish your goal, your mission, and whatnot. And so, uh, Davis Dream Team is just that, and we're still building still building um, the team, still building relationships, and, and of course, um, still fighting for the mission. And that's important, and I'm sure you've run into people that you thought, hey, let's put them in, have them involved, but then once they don't have that a mission focus, you're like, this is not the kind, we have to go find someone else, right? Because it's got to be about oh, the mission. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think uh, that's Every relationship is not meant for right now. Um, every meeting in which you meet somebody today is meant that you're going to go into this with them today. Um, I think a lot of it could be later. Um, some of it could be never. And, uh, of course, as you know, people switch career paths, and so they may switch organizations they work for. And But if you still have a relationship with the person, I think that's much more valuable than necessarily having a relationship with the organization. Uh, because it's it's a it's a more personal relationship. But like I said before, every friendship, every relationship it doesn't mean donor dollars and it doesn't mean um that you'll do business together. But uh, if they may know somebody that can help you. And but it's also always good to have some people at least cheering for you, um, out there in the world. Right, so they can endorse you the better situation you have. Since you've had your uh, foundation, I'm sure you've reached out to other NFL athletes or pro athletes that have had foundations, but also I think I'm sure you've done a lot of research and and study to become better at this, right? To learn specifically about the nonprofit world and what to do and how to do it, correct? Yes. And so definitely run the ideas by my teammates. Probably my number one thing I do. And I always ask them, hey, what about this concept? So what would you change about this? Or even guys with nonprofits, I'm like, how do you get your fellowships out? How do you go about, um, you know, throwing your camp? Who's somebody that sponsors you and your camp that you don't mind sharing that relationship with me? Uh, a lot of questions get asked, and, and I get a lot of feedback. And so 
it's trying to not take away from somebody else's plate, but at least learning from somebody else's experience. That's the number one thing. And of course, if you can, if they can help you financially, they, you know, some people will. Some people are kind of reluctant to really dispose to you who's sponsoring and who they're, you know, their donor in fear of losing them. But I think uh, number one, I try to learn from their experience first of all. And learning from their experience is, is very important because you draw through them and you say, okay, this is some, something I'm thinking about doing, or is this going to really work out well and different things. What event so far have you planned that you've been most pleased with so far in your career with this non for prof What event would you say has been has oh, gone man. the best? Yeah. You know, I've been doing quite a few of them, but if you ask what's my favorite one, um, I, I do like a Thanksgiving meal giveaway back in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Very intimate event. It's only for... Um, I said needy residents that live in my hometown of Palma Beach, which is kind of a small city, small community. And we get a lot of the names from the church, uh, other nonprofit organizations. And it's kind of like a meet and greet slash small party, very intimate neighborhood event where we're giving away about 250 Thanksgiving um, meals two families that need them. And so it's usually the same crowd every year. I've been serving thank you for going on soon to be 10 years. Um, and so I've gotten to know a lot of them. And so they really look forward to it. Uh, we have a great time in doing it. I get all my volunteers from the high school and from the city. Uh, and it's just a, it's a neighborhood event. It's nothing big and sexy, but it means something to, to the people. And so... That's that's had to be my number one event that I've been doing for a long time, and that people really, really, really enjoy it. Well, that that's that's a tremendous story uh, uh, about you know that experience to to uh, especially for Thanksgiving for people that are in need that truly need that help. It makes you feel good. It makes you really right. feel good that wh- why we go through the daily grind of the foundation to do something like that for sure. All right, well, Davin, what what else is up with you now? You know, you're we're almost into July now, and uh, we talked about training regimen a couple of weeks ago. Now, uh, what's what else is new with Davin? You know, now it's it's pushing it. You know, so now as we talked about earlier, it is hot. It is hot, hot. Yeah, real hot. And that means you got to get outside in the heat and push it. And so, a lot of running. A lot of conditioning, and even just being in the sun. I think that's uh, something uh, most of them kind of know about football players. You really got to get used to just being in the sun. So um, even if you're just outside sitting, if your body gets used to being able to handle the heat by just sitting outside, that's hard enough. Not even have to mention running or walking or whatnot. And so definitely got to get ready for the summer heat training camp coming up, uh, and of course preseason ball. Got to get the body ready. Got to get used to being outside. Got to get used to running in the heat. And so, uh, Florida is the ideal number one place to train. And so it is. Um, it was quite an adventurous morning. Um, 
the learning that I had to do was very um, wasn't very fun. It wasn't enjoyable. I was very happy when I was done. <laughs> so, but that's 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 uh, summer months training for football camp. Uh, definitely. And uh, newest, uh, uh, we talked about events two weeks ago that were coming up, latest events coming up with Davin. What are they? Um, so as far as events go, we're still looking on track. Three foot down in South Florida. Um, we have um, three foot going up in Tampa. Um, we're in the running for humanitarian of the year, and that is today out in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Uh, with Oscar uh, Snyder, the fingers crossed that uh, we win the, the grand prize. Uh, my executive director, Angel Williams, is on the West Coast um, attending that event for me. And um, yeah, it's, there's a bunch of positive things going on within the organization. We're having our uh, annual board meeting coming up soon. And we're looking to, you know, we'll always look back, change. What can we do better? What can we do different? How can we do more outreach? And um, it's just an exciting time. All right, best place to find info, Davin. Where can we go? Uh, DavinDreamTeam.org. Same place. And uh, hopefully we're having a new site uh, coming up soon, and so it'll be a lot more transparent, easier to um, get through and have even more clear, precise information. All right, well, Davin, best of luck. Talk to you in a couple of weeks and, uh, and beat the heat, man. Right. Okay? All right. Take care. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. Bye-bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back. Fantastic show. Again, go to my website, tolltutor.net, for more information. Twitter, tolltutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, tolltutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, Google+, Plus, Neil Haley, and also uh, Periscope, to at Total Tutor. Periscope's an awesome uh, format. You can see the behind-the-scenes on Total Tutor TV, at Total Tutor on Periscope. The wave in the future. Trust me, you got to check it out. I'm posting a lot of those videos on YouTube as we speak. A way to continue to make myself the king of education media. I had to joke around a lot that. I, I called that something I was going to do. Tonight, you know, the conversations I had with Daniel about how he's using professional wrestling to help others with anti-bullying and all these great programs. And then you look at it also what... Uh, Davin Joseph is able to bring to the table and and then talking to another celebrity actress. What a great show. You need to go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, the network. You got to you got to download every show. You know, listen to the entire network, not just the celebrity show, but all the shows at totaltutor.net backslash total education network. I mean, interesting people every day. I'm going to be covering a live Christian book fair next week, two nights, uh, two days. And then some bigger things even in the horizon. Some really interesting interviews I'm working on right now. John Gray, remember him? New York Times bestselling author. Mar- Mars, men are for, um, Mars are for men, women are for Venus. It's going to be an interesting, interesting, interesting run this summer. And then Periscope will tell you the behind-the-scenes stuff that you're missing about what goes on with me on a daily basis. There's no one's life as interesting as mine. I'm Trust me on this because I'm just living the dream. Every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Take care, guys, and we'll talk tomorrow. Good day, everyone.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.